All right, guys, welcome to uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Yes, if you guys didn't know that, because some of you guys have been asking, podcast comes out every week on Tuesday on the dot. I'll have it ready for you guys in the morning for your work days, bright and early. Today's guest is BG. Some of you guys might know that by the title. If you don't know that by the title, get your mind right. Uh, big shout out to Kiervan Burren for sharing the podcast episode from here on out and the last episode of the podcast. Everybody that shares the episode of the podcast on Instagram and tags me in it gets a shout out in the podcast coming up. So good way to help grow the podcast and uh, help you guys out and just share the love and grow the community. So if you guys take a screenshot of the podcast and tag me in it, that way I know you guys put it up there and I, and I can screenshot it so I have your name just like Kiervan. And uh, I'll throw you in the next podcast. I'm excited to get this podcast growing and uh, going with Patty Boy and myself. Podcast studio is coming along. A whole bunch of other stuff's coming along. And we're making money moves. So I'm glad to see it. This is an awesome podcast with BG. And I know you guys love it. So tune in. Sit down. Stand up. Roll away. I don't, I don't really care what you do. As long as you listen to the whole episode and have a good time. So cheers. Did I wear this when we went to see Abby? Your white Armada t-shirt, I am not sure. black Armada long sleeve. Oh, dude, I don't remember what I did for breakfast, my man. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Banged Up with Bruce Oldham, the number one action sports podcast in the world, or very soon to be, if not now. Today's guest, today's guest is going to be a super sick guy. His name is BG, uh, Brian Gardner. He's a really good friend of mine and just kills it on the skis. Pretty much all of our guests lately have been... I've been on uh, skiers. Patty's hitting the puncher bag behind me. But um, next week's podcast, I have an uh, interesting one. We have uh, downhill mountain bikers. So that's something new to the podcast. I'm excited to bring that on. If you guys uh, have been enjoying the podcast, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen. Give it a five-star rating because it really helps us out and a review if you can. On YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Bunch of cool stuff going on here. And uh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're about to dive into this one in a second. Pat refuses to come onto the podcast without his uh without a t-shirt or a long sleeve sorry he wants to wear he wants to wear a certain long sleeve and he will not come on without it so i'm kind of co-hosting right now um this episode of the podcast you is, have it somewhere i don't have your shirt i didn't hide it. you can go upstairs and look this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our supporters over here at red bull for you guys watching the screen i have the yellow edition it's a yellow edition kind of day i'm gonna slam it on the podcast enjoy it Get the energies up for the rest of the day. It's about 4 o'clock and I got a lot to do, so I'm excited. Went to MMA earlier today, got my ass beat, so all that stuff is good. And we're keeping the keeping the energy high. Uh, on the last podcast, we have... Um, last podcast, we gave three Red Bulls away to people that sent me their address. And we're gonna we shipped the, we're shipping them to uh, to these people's houses for them to shotgun them slash wolf bite them and send us a video to put on the next episode of the podcast. So probably like a podcast or two from here. And, uh, yeah, we have a couple people that are interested in it. So they have been – they're being shipped, I guess. I'll probably do it tomorrow. So big, big news on that, I guess. Uh, also, a big shout-out to the ASC, the Action Sports Community, along with, all, along with all my ski sponsors, K2 Skis, Ontario, K2 Skis in general. i got a couple friends that picked up a pair of poachers based off my recommendations, and I highly recommend you get a pair of poachers yourself. I, uh, I thoroughly like them. They're probably one of the best parts I've rode. They kind of just get the job done all around, whether you're hitting big jumps, doing slope runs, riding the half pipe, riding slush, or you're kind of in an all-mountain mood. They kind of just get the job done for everything. I got a new pair of K2 boots uh, this year, too. I haven't tried them out yet, but I will let you guys know once I try them out. I'm stoked to try them out. Vertica outerwear, baggiest, best, com- most comfortable outerwear like, that they have around. It's just you got to go with them. You got to go with them. 
My fearless leader, David Lesh, has fallen under a little bit of controversy lately. Turns out it's all fake, Photoshop, so congrats on him. Master plot, master plot. Um, big shout out to Mount St. Louis Moonstone because they're supporting me this season. Big shout out to Mount St. Louis Moonstone because they're financially supporting me this season and I'm really stoked on that and they're helping me out. And honestly, I ride there and spend like all my days riding the park there between the schoolyard, junkyard, and outback. They have the best train parks in... I would say Canada, obviously Whistler and stuff, you get bigger jumps, but it's not the same vibe for me. You about ready to sit down, Podcast Pat? Are you nope, still on the sweater? Uh, still on the sweater. And um, last sponsor, Wear Leathers. If you guys want anything from Wear Leathers, go on their website. Really comfortable mittens that last long. And uh, use the code Bruce at checkout, and you guys will get something extra in your bag. So that's dope. I'm uh, literally I'm about to call him now, Patty. You're going to miss the intro. You want to come in with your shirt off or... I can't find what I'm looking for, Bruce. Okay, well, I might have to fire this podcast without you. Lads, do we start the pod without Patty? Oh, you look cute. Come on. Where's my shirt? Sit, take your shirt off and sit down. I'm going to call BG with your shirt off. I'm calling him. We're going live. All right. Here's to this episode of the podcast, lads. Hey, yo, what's up, my man? Hey. What is good? Good to see you, man. Sorry for making you wait. We've been all over the place trying to organize this podcast with you, man. Heck yeah. I'm glad we got to do it. You look beautiful as ever. How have you been? Thank you. Thank you. I'm stoked to be here. I've watched a bunch of these and happy to finally be on. <laughs> you been listening to the podcast? <laughs> yeah, dude. How could I not? <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. Honestly, I've been pumping out podcasts. And I generally can't even listen to them myself. I'm like, I listen like five minutes. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing with my life? And I continue on the path. The warrior's route. And you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sick actually to get all the boys on here. I like it. It's kind of a, it's a nice vibe. Yeah, dude, it's sick. So, uh, how's your summer been, man? Like, it's been kind of a interesting one, eh? It's super weird, honestly, with the COVID, but. Um... I was in Colorado, Silverton, Colorado, for the first part of it. Yeah. Hiking around, mountain, or rock climbing, mountain biking, all everything for like three months, and then in like July, my girlfriend and I went back to New York, which is where we're both from. Yeah. Like spent a bunch of time with family for like two months, oh. and that was really like gonna see everyone again. And then, oh, then we came back out here, and now we're in Dillon, Colorado. Okay. I'm just working before the season, and just hopefully we have a season, something close to what we usually have. <laughs> yeah. Just bopping around a little bit, making a little money, trying to get outside as much as possible. We just got a dog, so we're raising a dog. Dude, you're committed. Once you get a dog, you're 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 strapped in, man. Yeah, that's dude, awesome. It's, it's so worth it. Oh, so cute. What's its name? Yep. Her name is Bella. She is. Eight months old right now. I'm almost 80 pounds, and she's a little uh, King Shepherd wolf mix. That's super sick, man. I'm actually mad jealous. That sounds like you had a good summer, buddy. Sounds like you've been keeping yeah. busy. So, excited. Yeah, man. How was your summer? I saw you were up at Maximize a bunch. Dude, my summer was working like seven days a week, or whenever I wasn't working, I was at Maximize, saving up money for the ski season that might never happen. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, this is Pat. I don't know if you met Pat before. He's a co-host on the podcast. He's my uh, he's my basement dweller roommate. So yeah, 
Good to see you. We're having a little Wi-Fi issues here. The Wi-Fi is slow at the house today, but um, that's okay. I think, I think maybe go on data. Yeah, I'll try to go. I'll try to go on the data here, and we'll see if that fixes the situation. But I think I don't know. We're all over the place with this whole Wi-Fi situation. Our house is our house is cracked. <laughs> cracked out. That's sick, though, dude. So. Do you want a contest season? Like, are you hoping for, like, a normal season next year? Or are you hoping to just ski and have fun? I honestly would like the contest season just to see all the boys. Like, that's kind of the main thing. So, like, our season, like, that's when we see everyone. That's when we get, like, the big groups. Like, when we're not competing at the contest is, like, what makes it season for me. So, like, I would like a contest season just to, like, be able to see everyone. Because I feel like if we don't, like, no one can be traveling as much as usual like and we're gonna see a lot other yeah i know which is like kind of something i was wondering about but i also don't really want like a half-ass contest season i mean i still want to compete but it's like have you heard what they're planning for the norm or like kind of what they're planning i heard that there was three that's all yeah so what i've heard is they're doing three norams in the states and like that's it and then they might do one in canada but like for me like i don't want to go there quarantine for two weeks and then like like, I don't want to do that and spend a shit ton of money to stay in the States for, like, like a month. Yeah, that's why, uh, like, Chef and, like, my team, we didn't go to Europe because we would have had to quarantine for, like, way too long. I think it was, like, 14 yeah. days there and back, so it would have been, like, 28 days and all. Yeah, that's, but like, a whole month. And, uh, and I would definitely also not like a half-ass cop season because, I don't know, nothing is good at half-assed. No, I mean, like, I was thinking about it, I'm like, maybe a, like, a half-ass contest season is better than no contest season, but, like, they're talking about, like, only doing COTs in Canada, and then, like, I think I, like, from what I've talked to everybody else, I would be the only athlete that's willing to go to the States and, like, do the Norams, so I'd be, like, the only Canadian athlete doing the Norams, everybody else would just sit in Canada, maybe do a couple COTs and hang out and train, and I'm like, dude, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that, but... Yeah, it is going to be really weird, and I don't know, I heard a bunch of stuff happening over in Europe that's not looking too promising for the long run of this season, but... In terms uh, of COVID cases and contests? Yeah, just like mountains randomly closing, like, yeah. on a random day, like, it, I don't know, just losing all over the world, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, because Megan was, Megan was in, uh, I don't know, she's in Austria now? Yeah. I think she's in Austria now, and they're they're training for the World Cup, and they're supposed to be training at uh, Stubai. Prime Park. Yeah. Prime Park, yeah. And then Prime Park shut down, and the only people that can ride Prime Park are the people that bought the Prime Park like pass in advance, and like all the Canadian team and all those guys didn't buy it in advance because they were planning on buying it like yeah. like when their coaches got there and stuff, so they can't train at all. So they've been Megan's been stuck there in Austria with like, no ski hill to go train at, and they found this random little one that has a couple jumps and rails that they've been skiing. But, like, yeah, just, like, randomly all shut down. Yeah. Ah, that's all over the place. I don't know. It's only time will tell at this point. Yeah. And that proved over this year, so. Exactly. How you feeling? All feeling, body's all good? Like, ready to go for the season? Feeling strong, feeling ready. Like, I don't know, just all of these months of sitting and thinking, like, I feel like it makes me more ready than, like, going out there and doing it itself. Yeah, for sure. Did you do any airbagging at Utah this year? Um, I actually went for, like, three days only and did four sessions those three days. But I I was back in New York uh, visiting family. I went over to um, 
New Hampshire and trained at the Waterville Valley Airbag for okay. like three or four weeks. I was over there, and yeah, so mm. I got a lot of I got a lot done there. But you can't really get the biggest picks done, so like no triples or anything. Yeah, I was gonna but, say because that bag looks like it's for it's a flat bag, but it looks like pretty good for flat bag. Like you can do doubles on it and stuff. So. Oh yeah, it's definitely the best flat bag I've ever hit, and I've hit some real sketchy flat bags. So Sick. that one is like seventy five feet long mm-hmm. by like five feet wide so it's longer than it is wide so on that jump you can take it almost 65 70 feet like on the air safely which is pretty di- yeah that's pretty good you can do a lot of stuff there like you don't necessarily need to train triples uh, yeah especially yeah. At, at the there's mainly the right side stuff and switch right that's like what i use that jump for yeah exactly that's what that, dude that's it that's what uh that's what we gotta do yeah so. yeah Sick, man. So you've been skiing the last couple of days at A-Base and it opened up? Yeah, what? so A-Base is open right now. Uh, Keystone's open and Rec actually never announced their opening day. It opened yesterday. So That's kind of Everything's starting to open here with one trail, one or two trails. But, dude, right now it's nuking out. So it hasn't stopped snowing for, like, probably 15 or 16 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was, dude. It's still snowing. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. We are sitting here, what was it? It was like two days ago, it was like plus 20 degrees. It's been oh. raining. We don't have any snow whatsoever. We probably won't open for another month, so. Yeah. Get, oh, getting really getting really stoked to go skiing, man. <laughs> I, see, I see people back on snow. People out west and like um, Revy and stuff are hitting rails and like getting. No, it's just, just Banff area. Banff, yeah. Open. So I have like, like friends from Revy and everywhere like Nelson, they're trying to get to Banff because that's really the only place up here that's running right now. But yeah, we have nothing. Is uh the is the place up in the Yukon? Oh yeah, that's in- actually because the national. The Yukon's open, but that's because the national snowboard team booked it for the entire month of November, November slash December. But it's and they private. have rails, and they have yeah, it's kind of private. You can sneak in whenever they're not training. Like if like as our team talked about doing it, and you could go in whenever they're not training. So after they're done, um, like but the problem for me is even though it's in Canada, I still have to quarantine. Yukon's like a weird one where you have to quarantine. Yeah, oh, but if you're in BC and you go to the Yukon, you don't have to quarantine. Well, but yeah, from Ontario like, to Yukon, you have to quarantine. It's because Ontario is so bad. If you yeah. go to the Maritimes, like Nova Scotia or anything, same thing. If you so like, Ontario, I could go to I could go to the Yukon and go skiing, but then I have to quarantine for fourteen days in the Yukon, and then quarantine for fourteen days back, even though it's in Canada. But people in BC can go to the Yukon without quarantine. We can go to Quebec without quarantine. Yeah. If that's something you want to do. How does that make sense? I dude, I don't know, but Max. <laughs> yeah. Maximize got new snow guns and stuff, so they're going to open in, like, maybe with a nice jump at the end of November. So that's my that's my hope. Nice. Yeah, and they have the they have the big jump that's, like, 14-able, so. And they'll open with that uh, once they open. So that'll be sick. And then that's hot laps. Be- yeah, it's expensive, yeah. though. Which around here really has a park right now. Like, A-Basin is the only thing that has it. They have one rail up. And, like, that's the clip you probably saw was, like, the only <laughs> rail in Summit County, and Keystone should be putting up a park today, tomorrow, and the next okay. day, all this snow, but I don't know if they're, like, no one's been interested in around here except for Copper this year because of the whole COVID thing, mm-hmm. and reservations for skiing is pretty high. Uh, yeah, what? it's very, having to reserve. Is that what you guys have to do? You have to reserve, like, in advance? Like, how far? Um, so... It's pretty much like they open up the week yeah. uh, 
day, and you can reserve that week. This is for like the Epic Pass resorts. They open up the week, and then you can reserve that week, and then that week fills up, and the next time they open it is on Monday. So like, if you don't get a spot on that Monday for the week, not being that week at like Owner Breck or something. That's fucked. And that's yeah. even that's it for like Epic Pass holders, like Season Pass holders. Oh yeah, that's for like ah. Epic Pass of any level. And then I have the Icon Pass too, which is a base and a popper. And they do parking reservations, which is, I think, way smarter. Like, you reserve a parking spot, and and then you can, like, show up all day. Like, you can ski half a day, go away, get lunch, and come back. But, like, for reserving your days, like, it would be a lot harder to leave and come back. Or, like, half a day. Or, like, if you want to ski an afternoon, like, they frown on you reserving a whole day to go ski ski an afternoon. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. What uh, what Mount St. Louis did this year is they sold a uh, limited amount of season passes, and then you got if you have a season pass, you can come whenever. And then on top of the season pass, they have like you have to reserve to buy a day pass, like, and you can only buy day passes. Okay. Which kind of makes yeah. sense, but. Yeah. I feel like it's a lot easier. It's like that to control things than like at a Keystone or like Brack, yeah, for sure. where they have millions of people there in a week. And they have no epic passes, no outside passes, nothing like that. It's just like, yeah. you have the Mountain Blue season pass, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even sure, but I think I heard that Keystone's not even selling day tickets this year. Like, you can't show up day of and buy a pass. That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, they usually but, have a good uh, good preseason park, though, eh? Yeah, like, once they get well, up with rails, it's sick. Yeah, last year it was like a mile and a half long, like two and a half kilometers long. <laughs> that's so insane because i remember going there one one year because we went to brack and keystone for like a month or like less than a month to train and like they didn't have the big jumps up yet but they had such a sick rail setup and so many cool features and stuff it was like it was sick so they like at least one feature out of every preseason park is like three or four features just together into this huge like monstrosity of metal that <laughs> takes days to get to the end of my favorite part of the key season part, preseason park. Yeah. Last year, they had three in a row that were like 100 feet long. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we always used yeah. to go for Breck. And we, the first year, we had a little bit of park lane, and then Breck, uh, the dude tour was on, and then we got to ride freeway after that. Yeah, so I've only end, been once, so. The, the year after that, <laughs> it didn't happen, so we just rode Keystone the whole time. But Keystone had a wicked park that first year. Like, they had a nice jump line and all sorts of rails. Yeah. Any jump line in the preseason, like once they first open A51, it's unreal. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I got rocked in that. Because it's split. It's split, right? You could go up and around, and there was jumps and rails and a huge rainbow like three or four years ago, and then you yep. could go the other way. That rainbow was a lot of fun. Yeah, most iconic rainbow skiing. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Mm-hmm. So, dude, what are you looking forward to this year, man? Like, what's uh, what's this new year post-2020 as if everything's going to change once the new year hits? What are you looking forward to? Um, honestly, I am looking forward to hitting a jump again. Like, I'm not looking forward to anything specific. I just, like, More want fly. to, like, I just want to hit a jump that's over, like, 20 feet. That's yeah. all I want. 
for the new year. That's pretty good. I like that. Keeping it very mellow, but like very fun. All of the places to stay open long enough for all of my friends to have fun. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow, you're way more generous than I am. I'm in a fuck everybody else mentality lately, but I like it. (laughs) I I was in that mentality for a while, and I'm like, eh. Gotta change it up a little bit. I gotta change it up a little bit. Gotta be a little bit of a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Sick, dude. So I was creeping through your Instagram because I was trying to like, because I kind of do a little bit of research on like everybody I have on the podcast just to have like topics yeah. to transition to and stuff. And I I forgot that you went to the China Big Air World Cup. Yeah, I did go to that. Tell us I about didn't... that. That sounds insane. Yeah, dude. On paper, didn't do that. That doesn't even matter. Like that was the best experience of my life like first time i've ever experienced like real culture shock like actually feeling like you're in a foreign place where you can't read sign and like getting to see crazy like it was all just surreal like in talking about it now it's hard for me to like put it into work because of like how it like the jump was next or oil cooling tower that were like 800 tall and it was, uh, I don't know. It was so weird. Like, we were skiing on a koi pond. Dude, that's so sick. In the middle of Beijing. So, like, it was just, it was, I, like, see, I can't put it into words. Yeah, dude, I, dude I've been, um, I had uh, one, I think I had one other person on the podcast that, was, that went to, uh, to that contest. I think it was. Uh, no. no, it was a snowboarder. And Megan also went, and they were talking about it, and it's like, it sounds so insane. Like, just this, like, perfect scaffolding setup, and, like... The jump looks yeah. nice, I think. And I heard a lot of stories about scaffolding setups, and I was expecting something that was, like, oh, this janky little thing that was, like, going to be kind of sketchy because of everything I heard. I got there, and it was built like a real jump, but, like, fixed. And it was, like, you could build that jump on the table like anywhere on the table they just decided to make it like six feet that day but <laughs> like the table was the biggest table and lamp I've ever seen in my life and it was like not you know which was crazy the landing went below so i said we were jumping like on a koi pond like the landing when it came down and flattened out was below the level of the water like they dug under the level of the pond and, no way like, and like the water was up here. Oh, <laughs> that's insane. I feel like they just go way overboard in like trying to. Way overboard, but it was so cool. Like they had their version of was like bringing you back to the top of the jump. It was so crazy. That jump looked better than most scaffolding jumps I'd seen. Like it looked smoother and bigger and just more yeah. set up. If I remember it correctly, it was just like it was like the Fenway, just blo- yeah. like if you attached an air pump to it and like blew it up, like. It was- <laughs> gotten way bigger that's was, sick the, the angles just match so much better <laughs> dude that's super sick all right well um let's get into the basic questions i've been asking everybody man how did you get into skiing growing up because like everybody has like a similar yet different story and it's always interesting to see what people have to say so yeah so i grew up in connecticut um and lived there till i was 15 but from the time I was one and a half, which is when I learned how to ski, um, I learned how to ski up at Whiteface in New York. So my yeah. parents every single weekend would drive up from Connecticut to New York for 13 years straight, every weekend in the winter. Like, we would drive. Wow. A lot of driving. When I turned 15, um, backtrack, when I turned 10, I joined the freestyle team and, like, started doing that. And by the time I was... 
13. Um, I was, like, staying with people up in New York, though. Like, friends' parents, they would let me stay at their house for the week. And I would get all my schoolwork from school and, like, do it over that week and then go back turn it all in. And I did that until 15. And then my mom was like, we just got to, like, move up to New York. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. For so long. And so I finally moved up there and started training full-time skiing when I was 15. And, like, when I was 15, that, like, my life quote changed from like oh like i'm kind of skiing sometimes to like oh i'm going to workouts four times a week i'm running i'm water ramping five days a week in the summer like yeah i'm in like as much help pay for it like all this stuff since i was 15 yeah and i did that in new york um until i was 18 ish uh just before i graduated that's when i moved to waterville valley and I finished up online high school there. I did on all my high school online, so I never had to worry about like going school to turn any or anything. And I trained with the Waterville Valley team and the coach over there, who's Dan Shuffleton. And pretty much graduated high school in December of my senior year, so six months early, and just skied. Like right when I graduated high school, it was like the flip switch or the. The, the switch flip. There yeah, we the go. Switch flip. Yeah, the yeah, flip switch. And just like full time, like this is what I want to do, and yeah. that's I feel like my progression just like skyrocketed. It was right when I was like done with school, and I was just like on the trampolines every single day, was skiing every single day. I was hitting like the dry slope rail every single day. Like, yeah, for yeah, sure, man. So. so how old are you right now? I just turned twenty one. Okay. The week the week of the Park City, uh, the Park City uh, Rev Tour. Yeah. Like my, my birthday was on the training day for Big Air. Okay, sick. Yeah, that was a fun event. I had a lot of fun there. Yeah, that was. Yeah, very very fun event. It was nice weather. It was. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was nice weather. It was fun. It was cool. Thing, but yeah, it was really cool to go to Woodward because I've never been to a Woodward before, so I I like that part a lot. That one is definitely the largest one. Yeah, hands down. I go to Woodward at Copper all the time. Then going there is just like, whoa, okay. Let's try. Yeah, Pat wants me to try to flip the phone because no, it doesn't work. He, 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 no, no, no. You're good. You're good. We're, he, he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to flip it because he thought if we flipped it, it would come up sideways on the screen when I'm screen recording it, and it doesn't. It just like comes up like chubbier and like. Wait, wait, flip your phone. If you both flip it though, was my point. Yeah, there, there, we could do that. Yeah, I don't. I've got to figure fine. out where I'm gonna put this in the thing now. Though. Top corner, same way. But now both of our beautiful faces are in the bottom corner. <clears throat> we gotta find a spot for BG eventually. We'll figure it out. I've been I've been messing around <laughs> with the podcast, like trying to figure out how to like good, film it, record it. Like the screen recording works well, just because like it's super easy because you rip it over FaceTime. And yeah, like it's so good. the Zoom doesn't work on like my internet, and also not not everybody has Zoom, and they have to download Zoom, and it's like fuck. But yeah, if people I don't actually, have an iPhone, if, if this was like three weeks ago, I wouldn't have been able to FaceTime because I just switched to an iPhone. Told you this was saying if you didn't have an iPhone. Okay, well we won't. We just won't invite anybody that doesn't have an iPhone. They have yeah, to be sophisticated no enough to have an iPhone. <laughs> That's the rule. If you're coming to the podcast, you have to be sophisticated enough to own an iPhone. <laughs> Uh, so what are your thoughts on the contest scene like at the moment and like in terms of like big air slope style half pipe but also like in terms of like tricks and like where where it's going like or what you see it where you see it going it's a tough one 
I. Oof. We'll voice our own opinion on this. So. I see. I think in the next year, like big spins and in like double court. So like we're gonna see more like seven to ten and seven to twelve at some point. Like someone's gonna figure out how to do it. Like I've already seen people figuring it out. Yeah. And just like seven blunt to like ten blunt or like twelve blunt. Like they're just gonna hold that out a little bit longer. Or like in triples switching grabs, like that's already like a couple people have already started doing that. I think that's gonna like come up a lot more. Um, definitely, I would like to personally see, like, I don't think all the dub 12s have been done. That's my thing, is, like, all they the dub 12s haven't. haven't been done. So, all the dub 10s haven't been done. All the switch dub 10s haven't been done. There's so, like, more variations, yeah. There's a lot more variations. Yeah, like, yeah, way more variations. And, like, that's where I would hope seeing goes, is, like... Keeping the style. I remember at Aspen last year, I did a dub 12 mute to stale and like got scored not well because they were like oh you didn't like you can grab one grab longer than if you switch grabs so you're technically grabbing more if you're doing one grab than if you're switching grabs in a trick and i was just like but it's harder to switch grabs in a trick so like i see what you're saying but at the same time like if one thing is just obviously harder like you could argue that a dub 10 safety is harder than because you're holding one grab longer than a fucking like dub 12 octo to nose. Yeah, but like, when, once you grab your ski, you just have to not let go of your ski. It's not yeah, that hard. Like, oh, <laughs> if you let go, you screw up. It's like, no, I meant to do yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 pretty dumb. Well, I actually <laughs> watched X Games Big Air, like the Aspen one this year, like I think it was like yesterday. And dude, Antoine Adelise did a triple cork. He did mute to safety oh, I remember to that. lead blunt. I was yeah. like, I totally yeah. forgot about that, dude. That was I mean, wild. I obviously, that, yeah. I will say his grabs weren't clean enough to, for me to count it as like nice. But, but like, if Bratton. you could do like clean, nice grabs Burke and like switch well through them, like I could see that it should score way more. Didn't Oystein Broughton do switch dub 14 blunt to blunt, but Burke, and, yeah, Burke Rudd did something too. Something? Burke Rudd did something too, I think. Dub 14 blunt to blunt. 14 lead blunt, trail blunt. Like yeah, forward, yeah, though, forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And those those scored well, so it's interesting to see how it does. And they rinsed people for boot safeties last year. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like Elias Sierja who uh, did the switch triple like pre-nose. He did a pre-nose too, like, didn't he? No, that was that was Antoine's. that was a different one. Oh, okay. he, he did. I forget. It was like switch triple uh, Buero to like mute or something, and he like switched it and landed it, and he was like, that was the first time anyone landed anything, and I got sixth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and did. Uh, I watched that video triple. too. He did dub mute, like switch triple dub mute, screaming semen yep. uncrossed, yes, that's I, yes. and he did that in a switch triple, and like they just like that's shrugged it off, and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. That's because they changed the judging, man. It was just overall impression. Like, yeah, it was overall impression. There's no logic the behind it. They're like, oh, I liked his the best. I'm taking that one. But I, then in in China, Elias also did a nosebud dub sixteen blunt like whole way, and he only got fourth there. So, I don't know. Like, he, in my opinion, is the most... He's where I want to see skiing going. Like More that, creativity this, and style. There's yeah, a lot of creativity. Yeah. And I was actually talking to my girlfriend earlier. Like, slope courses I've seen have gotten more symmetrical. Like, yeah. the feature... Like, they want to see people doing the same things, just different directions. Yeah, it's, it's turning... 
it's turning more into like calculated gymnastics versus freestyle skiing. There's like, if you look back to like 2012, it was all style. Like if you did a road nine Japan mute to Japan or that was it. And then it kind of all of a sudden the degree of difficulty started to get turned up. And then it was just the hunt for the triple. But then last year there was a change where people stopped focusing so much on triples and more on dub 16s and more spins and doubles. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that'll keep going. Well, there's but... also, they've also done their part in trying to make the courses more unique to like yeah. tone down it. But like, they are symmetrical. Like you said, they're looking for the same thing both yeah, ways. Yeah, and like... like, like there's much... only so much you can do with two down rails with yeah. like a, a side and a jump on this Okay. So much you can do with that that's yeah. ridiculous i agree with that and i don't like how they put the rails they make uh this is not to be mean or like don't quote me on this or get mad at me but like they make girl rails and slope style courses especially in norams and oh yeah the and side so, booters because because they have to have features that everybody can hit like if they have like uh like what was it at woodward they had the um the two rails to the middle one right but they had yeah. to have a just they had to have a classic down rail that the people that weren't as advanced, could like hit. some of the girls and some of the guys, yeah. could hit. Like and they do that in a lot of the events. And I've seen a lot of events I've been to have a down rail and then have a down box yeah, right beside it say, just so box. people can hit. You have to have the box. I'm like, um, and that, that's like, okay, we can be more creative than this, guys. Yeah. Or and just like, you have to be able to ride the course to be involved in the competition. That would be. Or like having <laughs> side booters on the jumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh like, my God, yeah. Or when they have to build like a small side the day of. Yeah. That's my yeah. Oh man, that's that's so true. They did not plan it, and then it's like the most half-assed. It doesn't line up. Like you just knock it so hard if you hit it. Yeah. It's so Those funny. are good. But they have like they have done their fair share of like putting like uh, quarter pipes or spines into the yeah, um, that's to new. the vents to that's like because there's like yeah. I mean it tones down what you can do a little more, and it also like adds a little bit more creativity. Like yeah. it's not like the, it's not like the last jump at Aspen is a money booter where you can quad. It's like yeah. no, it's a creative feature. Yet we still yeah, see, saw people it, tripping. Like, it, it took the place of a setup jump. Like back in the day, like they used to have like a thirty foot jump in a slope course. Just, yes. like the, yeah. And that's where you would see like the road nine or yeah. like the cork, cork nine, nine. blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Wallace would do it. Like a 35 foot jump. Yeah, he Tom Wallace when X Games was in France, he did a switch right five and a cork nine in France and yeah. won the like. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I was like, oh. God. I mean, oh, so if you look at that and then look at how far it's come from now, because this year. Yeah, but we, how good was that switch five? <laughs> it was nice. It was a nice switch five, but. And and at the same time, there were seven jumps in that slope course. So yeah. He did, he did at the same time do a dub twelve and both ways switched up tens. While doing a switch right, dude, five a seven jump course would be insane. So sick, insane. I would love that, dude. I'm a big fan of the four jump courses. Yeah, but I was not a fan of this year. I was really pissed off this year. Not pissed off, but like upset because they had a spine in the courses, and they counted the spine as you could do a you could do a left forward hit on the spine and do a left forward hit later down on one of the jumps, and they would not count that as this, like they, they no, dude, I, they didn't take points off for that. So you saw like at Aspen Open, Dylan, oh, at Aspen, yeah, and at, just... no, and at the and at um, the, up about this one, holy smokes. yeah, the COT, <laughs> the Calgary or the Calgary yeah. Noram, um, Dylan Mar or yeah, Dylan Marino did three forward tricks on it and qualified first. He did three forward tricks in his single feature, and because oh. they count, because they counted the quarter pipe as not a jump feature that you could do since it's a quarter pipe and it's new, you didn't have to hit it a different direction than the other jumps. I didn't like that. So doing yeah, a, I don't do like it. that either. No. Because I was trying to hit everything different directions yeah. up. 
at all those comps, and I didn't even know that was a rule. And that would have changed the way that I went about it if I knew that. Well, so. dude, if you look back at the Aspen runs, there's a there's a couple people that did this. They would do a forward left dub, and then they do two other directions, and then they get down to the uh, to the spine, and they do another left dub on the spine because technically it didn't count. Yeah, I remember Aspen? That was a spooky comp. <laughs> I, I had I had fun there, but I had a lot of speed issues. Oh yeah, like the course was great. I loved the course. I just meant the whole framework was a little spooky. Yeah. You should do X Games where the riders who are competing judge themselves. You just record it and then they watch it after, and then you just can't vote for yourself. I feel <laughs> like that would wins, be. Wins. But what if you did, what if you did, genuinely did the best run? And you can't vote for yourself. Well, no, you just. But then other people would vote for you if you genuinely did. Yeah, but what they if they just want? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You just have to I convince two it. people that aren't yourself, that you, or at least two people, that are, that you are the best one. I, I, I'm on the screen on that one. That kind of sounds like the spring battle comp where they yeah. film the runs and like you have two days to get your run down. Yeah, it is. Dude, it's have you done that? Like that? I've always I, wanted to do that. I've always wanted to, but if, I'm not. I might, I might have to bite the bullet and spend all the money in my bank account and just do that one time because it looks so much fun. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, those jumps. Uh, everything about that. Yeah, it is very insane. expensive to get there, and that's the main thing. Yeah. is money. It's, yeah, it's it's always better. Or I find everyone in skiing enjoys courses or comps more where they're judged by skiers, or it's more inclusive than like. Every time you get into like like you guys were talking about the spines and stuff, all the judging, all of a sudden they get all these rules and ideas and they start to decide what's worth what and this and that and it just like then you get people arguing over why was this not this because then you got to strategize your run and stuff and it's just like yeah. from a skiing point of view, it's not as it's there's no freestyle anymore. You've got to decide what your style is based on how the judges are going to score the. Oh the yeah, yeah. For more sure. like pick your style. Yeah, before exactly. You. No. Like, if you're going to compete in not today's day and age, you have to play to the judges a little Absolutely. bit, for sure. And I'm not but saying like, that you shouldn't have The to judges, like, also have a really hard job, man, because, oh, yeah. like, there's a lot of kids that, like, or there's a lot of, like, runs you have to watch. There's a lot of, like, nuances that you have to pay attention to. And in the grand scheme of things, to, like, pick out of, like, the 50 kids who had the best run, like, when it comes down to it, it's pretty hard. It is. It is. Yeah. And especially at our level, like, we don't have live, like, video. No, exactly. Run- that no. judges can look back on. So, like, they're watching a run, and they're like, uh, I th- yeah, I think that happened. Yep, okay. Um, like, at Park City, um, on the last jump, I did a switched-up 10 jab and, like, landed it fine, like, just like any other one. And the spotter on the last jump called up to the judges and said I missed my grab, and I double hand-dragged, and I, ne- I, like, didn't make finals, and I did the same run the next day and got fourth in, like, the whole competition. Yeah. And, like, that strictly came down to, like, One that dude. guy not being qualified to watch skiing, and he did. Yeah. And, like, it's just little things like that that I feel like can be smoothed out a little bit. Yeah, th- some of those things definitely can be touched up, and that's, like, a big thing. And also, you find, like, depending on where you go, different judges will weigh things differently. Yeah. Like, it's all different that, personal For, preference. like, that contest... There was three rails and two jumps, but they weighted the jumps so much more heavily than rails. Yeah. You could have the world's yep. best rail run and do, like, two clean dubs, but if you didn't do a 14 and a 12, you weren't going to make it. Like, yeah. there was a couple couple of the top uh, runs that, that did well at that contest that had not the best rails. Like, that, they were, like, yep. these rails are, like, pretty, pretty basic, 
but they had really good jumps. So yeah, they did like a switch twelve to twelve, and they're just like, oh, you're a twelve to twelve on this course, like yeah. But then also they did like a two on continuing two to a switch two to switch to a switch two continuing two, and you're like, ah, like I that's not the most gnarly rail run, but. Yeah, well, yeah. Your, your coach usually goes to the, like, coaches meeting beforehand, and the judges are like, this is what we want to see, we're waiting this on this and this, and then, then you find out what they're looking for, and then they got to tell you this, and then you've got to, it's, yeah, it's it's hard. That's kind of what's interesting about the new X Games judging, is it's just personal preference. You Dude, the overall impression is kind of gnarly, because you genuinely Ooh, don't that, know. You don't know. That gnarly. Like, and Colby pretty much proved that, like, it's doable. Like, oh, that co- format, like... You can crush it one day. Like, Colby didn't fall once. No, on he should have won that contest, 100%. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he did. But, like, he, he should have won. Like, he deserved to win that contest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That was he clear. Four, four runs with every trick being different, except for one dub 12 blunt in, yeah. like, two different runs. Which is it insane. Insane. Like, mind-blowing. Yeah. That, like, you can do that. And, like, good rail runs, clean rail runs, clean grabs, clean everything. Like when it counts. Like, he's, when yeah. you need to it. He's got to be one of the most consistent skiers out there under pressure right but now. But, like, the, for sure. Uh, for sure, yeah. A-Hall does pretty good, too. Yeah. Like, I, I remember watching A-Hall at the uh, Tom Walsh Rail Jam mm-hmm. under, like, pressure, like, trying to get those rails to win that one. And, like, he did, like, what was it? It was, like, back swap, back four, and, like, that gnarly elbow rail. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He landed, like, four tricks in a row in, like, the last five minutes or something yeah. like that. He's just eating the But, like, what I was saying was, like, think about how hard it would be to judge that if Kobe had, like, fallen on one of those one of those runs. Cause oh, then, like, so hard. Because, like, he, obviously he, like, clearly won because he didn't fall and he did a different run every time. But if he had, like, fallen on one of those runs, then, like, how do you pick a winner from that? Yeah, you don't. Well, you just—it's whoever I guess was. <laughs> then you just gotta like kind of guess and like ah, I think he won. <laughs> I like this guy's. It, I I kind of if perfectly. It yeah. depends who's judging it, but I kind of like the idea. Well, it's it's hard to say. It's controversial, but if the judge likes what which style they like more. So if you're watching, if I was judging and someone has got a different style, like you said, or like Har- Henrik's Harlow's style is way better, or in my opinion, better than like an A Hall style. But A Hall's is way more technical with the grabs and stuff. So it yeah. it just depends on what you like to see more as a judge. Yeah. So that's what can be complicated because even if you skied well, it just might not be what that guy likes per se. <laughs> and like th- that, like whole gray area is why our sport is what it is. Because yeah. like other sports, they've gone through that and they're like, no, let's make a list of how much every trick is worth, and like no, like that's the maximum amount of points you can get on that one trick. Yeah. And if you do anything wrong, like you get deducted from that max score. Yeah. And that it's like no, where you have a score out of a hundred and pretty much what the judges are liking that day yeah like, that's why free skiing like we don't really want it to be aerials or moguls or yeah. anything. No, aerials it's like he can get 280 points if he lands this perfectly it's like <laughs> yeah, <dude>. okay <laughs> well we we sit here we sit here and talk about judging and like scoring and contesting and like how like the the problems with it it's, but also like it's, it's, it is kind of what makes the sport what it is oh, and absolutely. it's like and obviously everything gets better as you like do it more and figure it out but like it's one of those things that's very it's a very opinion based sport it's complicated and it's hard to say what's for best. some people <laughs> like for some people that compete in that kind of scenario it's like it's hard to take that because like it's not like you're running like okay first the fastest 10k wins and that's your time and you won it's like well you could think that you had the best run but somebody else could think that you didn't have the best run mm-hmm. and then it's like you don't have yeah. any way of really like yeah. Yeah. 
that's where like the X Games and like ESPN filming it kind of takes that out of it because like helps if a it's lot. a video at the time of it happening, like there's no really arguing what happened for yeah. everyone to see. But like at our level, it's completely like opinion based. It's like, oh, this is what I think I saw. At, like I hope I was paying attention long enough during that trick to see like what happened. So yeah. Yeah, and they have spotters. It's like, how can you judge something if you didn't see it? <laughs> or like yeah, just split like, panel well, judging? Be my eyes. It's like, well, he's, he might see something completely different than yeah. you. There's also a different style of landing. There's a landing where you land and you're like squatting and you're like, Four oh, point I'm going to hold on. And there's a landing where you after bang the hell out of it or you just like land Tom Walsh style and you ride out, which I think yeah. you should be scored higher on. And if you can't see landings like that, yeah, then that's also something... Yeah. Whatever. It I is like, what it is. I like how you can choose what you do, though. Like, that's another thing about aerials is you're not allowed to do more than a certain amount of flips or spins. And you can no, only a, get this many points. And it's like, well, <laughs> what if I want to do more? <laughs> and right before you drop in aerials, you have to tell the spotter what trick you're going to do. Yeah, they have oh, really? to know. I didn't know if that. If you accidentally do a different trick, you, like... They don't count it. Yeah, you have to, you have <laughs> to be like, I'm going to do a dub 12 blunt, and I'm going to hold the blunt for 2.3 seconds, and... I'm going to get, yeah. hopefully, 280 points. <laughs> hopefully, 280 points. <laughs> That's, it's so weird yeah. in that sense. Dude, it was funny. I was watching the X Games. Uh, like I said, the X Games big air. And, like, you see, like, Andre will go for, like, went for safety, misses the safety in, like, a switched-up 16, grabs Tindy, and pulls <laughs> on for Tindy. I'm like, woo! <laughs> and, like, and then, and then you get points for, like, grabbing Tindy, but it's like, he's just holding on for dear life. Oh, yeah. It, it's... I wish more, like, skiers, like, ex-skiers judge. Like, I mean, there might be more in there than I well, think. Well, it's getting but It's, it's getting, getting better because the sport's growing and it's getting older, so there's more people exchanging. But I always find it weird when someone judges freestyle skiing who has never done freestyle skiing before. Because, like, as a skier, I can tell if, like, what Bruce said happened. And I might like it more, but I'm also going to know in the back of my head that guy is shitting his pants right now, and he's <laughs> holding on for dear life. Whereas they're just be like, oh, that was awesome. We'll give him that the points. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Or like like it's he said with like, the landing. It's like, just like, mom, are you proud of me yet? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Dude, I listened to the to Henrik Carlos podcast with Simon Dumont, and uh, he was talking about, they were talking about his X Games experience, because he also did the same thing that uh, Kobe did. He stomped every single trick that that X yep. Games Big Air and like crushed it. But then he's like talking about, he's like, I've landed every trick so far. Andre's fallen once. And he was in full, Andre was in fourth. But then he landed a switch triple misty and got bumped into first. And Henrik yeah. Henrik is saying he's at the top. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw him do a switch triple misty, but he was grabbing his knee like this because he has one hand safety and the other hand's fully knee hugging. Yeah, which is like, okay. And, I don't know about and, that and, and he's like, okay, so I, and in his mind, he's like, I'm still in first. And then he heard that he got bumped in the second. He's like, no, there's no way I'm going to lose to that. <laughs> and then he went and did yeah. the last jump. But like, it's funny because like, like some, like, I mean, yeah, yeah switch triple miss is would insane. I would, I would. But like, you I are, you are, grabbing your knees and you are in full prey mode you're if you're doing a switch triple misty safety i want like above the ski wide legged yep. like orbital around or not at least no double knee tuck like oh dear god here i come at least like, one hand back. safety not knee tuck yeah at least yeah. like one hand safety if i was judging and you're tucking touching your knee because you decided you want to do a quad instead of a triple i'm be like sorry mate unless it's 
I'd rather yeah. see the triple, like, honestly. Just done a triple without grabbing your knee. Yeah, like, honestly, like, that's the one thing about judging, like, that's a perfect example. Like, as a skier and someone who's done it, I know. I also... No, don't do that. I also don't know how you're going to get around a switch triple, Misty, without grab grabbing mute, your Grab knees. mute and just hold on. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea to begin with. Get a bigger jump. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, dude, we could just keep, like, by the time me and you get to uh, get to that level, the X Games jump could just be, like, 400 no, feet. No, they tested that in that <laughs> It could movie. just be a 400-foot jump. Yeah, yeah the Legs of Steel movie where the yeah. guy, like, broke all of his bones. bones. Yeah, <laughs> the jump was way too big. I remember watching that. I bought that movie, and that was the only thing I wanted to see. The rest of it was ski yep. racing and other but random stuff. bought the movie. Yeah, and it was just these guys, they, like, put so much money into that jump, and they couldn't even do a trick on it because you it was either, so big. It was too too big so the point of if you went two kilometers too fast you missed the landing and if you went two kilometers too slow you came up like 15 feet short oh my god and it was like a 200 foot or 190 foot knuckle yeah 10 meters in the air like that's insane oh my god I actually didn't know it was that big. Yeah. I remember watching it. I got the movie. We could watch it. We again. should watch it after this. I'm actually excited to see somebody get tossed. Yeah. Oh, uh, you awesome. don't even see it, dude. You don't even really see it because he just falls behind the building. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, they had a wind sock that was like 10 meters tall and the guy just <laughs> flying past it. So what did, what's the worst injury you've ever had? Have you had any bad injuries skiing or you've been pretty... Oh, I've, I've, had, a, I've had a list. You got time. <laughs> yeah, we got time, man. We, is it longer than my years. list is the question. It might be. Um... So you want me to start head down or feet up? <laughs> feet up. You pick feet up. Paco's feet, feet up. up. All right. So feet up. I have sprained both of my ankles at least four times each. Yeah. Um, I've done my meniscus. So like nothing too bad down here. I've needed meniscus surgery and they had to cut out 40% of my meniscus and stitch the rest back together. So I have 60% of my lateral meniscus on my right leg. And then moving up the body, I have three compression fractures in my lower two vertebrae from water ramping and hitting aerial jumps for so long. Because <laughs> you used to go to uh, the... Uh, Old Placid Lake, Lake Placid, yeah. Placid. Yeah, because we used dude, to go there, there too. too. We spent man. a long oh time God. there. Hell yeah, dude. I lived like 20 minutes away from there. I remember the first time I went there, a guy on my team did a carving cork five on the big air jump to the right, or, and he, like, landed on the stairs, like, in the water. He, like, landed oh, on the stairs. No. He was okay because there was, like, this much water, and you yeah, know how much uh, the skis absorb of that. And I was, like, remember watching that, and he had a water bottle so that he could hand drag with it, and I was, like, dude, I'm never doing that, ever. One, Don't go right. <laughs> one time, my first time there, my first team year on the team, I was trying to be, like, that kid, right? And I was trying to impress everybody. And they had that big rock climbing wall there. And you could jump off the top. That's Beauport, not Plastic. Oh, Beauport. Yeah, I'm talking about Beauport, yeah. But um, you've been to Beauport, too. I've been there, too, yeah. a bunch, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I tried to do a oh, triple Misty that. off there. And I had no clue what I was doing. And I, like, did two and a half and fully just, like, rolled sausage rolled to my stomach. And I was, like, just dead in the water. That was not fun. I've spent a lot of time on those ramps. Most people hated them. I actually enjoyed it. Like I didn't, I didn't mind it. The the Bowport one, you, the bubbler, you never used because we're not aerialists. We always overshot the bubbles. From you hit the triple top down. I used to do branny backs on the triple top down and just gap all the bubbles and fracture everything. <laughs> it's easily like the biggest jump I've ever hit, not on snow. Yeah. Like. Any training venue, like, that's the biggest jump. I've actually there, to get back into my list, I was trying a triple flat there, and I landed on my chest, and I just started, Whale like, coughing up blood. Yeah. popped a bunch of capillaries in my lungs, and I still have, like, oh. scars. 
Oh, that fuck. sucks. That's a gnarly Dude, one. Dude, yeah, I think everybody yeah. that's ramped there has a couple stories of like just getting <coughs> clapped by the. Bombers. I remember I was doing right dub ten and twelve mutes, and I decided to do one on the triple, and I like floated as like one of the last jumps today. I locked into the mute real high, coming around to twelve, and I just didn't let go of the mute and wrapped to fourteen, and like would have bolts landed it on snow because like the landing is slow, like slightly that. inclined, and cr I missed all the bubbles. Like I I went oh. huge, like as big as I could go. I always went as big as I could go. And yep. I remember sitting in the water hearing like radio static floating and everything was purple and green. And I was just <laughs> getting out of the water and I was like, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, dude, water ramping is very gnarly if you don't land. Oh, I didn't usually was, have any, like, I never it was really. Fun. It I just, was fun. I just hated it because I had to spend an entire summer learning right corks mm -hmm. there. And I could not right cork and I just was doing like right 540s yep. to my stomach, right 540 to my stomach for like an entire summer and that wasn't fun. Yeah. I never had any big Anyways, big ones working up, working up from there. What else you got? Working up from there. Working up from I, there. I think this was 3 or 4 years ago now. This is my worst injury. Just letting you know. This is the worst one. So, I dislocated both of my clavicles and my sternum oh, and Jesus. a rib at one time. Jesus. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> yeah, like this whole area of my body was like not existed how do you do that one um i did a switched up nine and caught tips but Ooh. i caught tips sideways instead of forwards and my shoulder like drove into the ground and my clavicle shot across my body and like knocked my sternum out of place and oh, knocked God. a rib out of place and both of my clavicles were just like in limbo and like my shoulders they touched in front of me oh, oh like, okay God. that's not good and they like touched each other and then when I opened back up, I felt everything like snap back into place. Oh wow! I did not. I would not want to do that. So on a pain yeah, scale, how much did that hurt? Yeah, that was like uh, that had to be a nine. Like I don't claim a ten, but it was a nine. Yeah. Like, I mine didn't hurt that much. Like when I had my bad accident, it was numb. Like I couldn't feel my You're legs. Probably in shock. I was in yeah. shock. Like, it hurt. But, like, it wasn't like I was on the ground in pain rolling around. It hurt for a minute, and then I was just sitting there shaking and couldn't feel anything. Yeah, that's how it was. And then what made it, like, the worst pain ever was they put me in a neck brace for it. Oh. And I was, I was in a neck brace for, like, an hour and a half. And I was sitting in the ski patrol room, and, like, this 80-year-old man, like, smoking a pipe walks into the room. And he goes, what'd you do? And I, like, told him, and he goes why are you in a neck brace? And he, like, rips the neck brace off of me, and I just, like, felt this relief. But then he, like, saw how swollen my neck was, and he was like, I've only seen this, like, one other time in my life, so, like, we're getting you to the hospital. And, like, then the ambulance guy put me back in a neck brace oh, for, uh. like, two hours until another doctor came in and was like, why are you in a neck brace? I'm like, I tried to tell him, dude. <laughs> but, like, it just made my neck so stiff that I couldn't Move. turn, like, any part of my head like my head was cemented looking forward oh. for like three days uh, that would be yeah. brutal yeah and i couldn't get out of bed the morning after i did that because i couldn't push down on my arms because like yeah. you don't even realize but you're using this all the time anytime you move your arms is all in there yeah all in here <laughs> and like i couldn't move for like a day that's but. a brutal one so how long did that take to heal up that was four weeks to like heel back to being able to like ski around and then like another two to being so six weeks to do tricks again after nice. that well, that's a substantial yeah. one yeah that one that does not sound fun <laughs> i've never yeah. really and then, on, on top of that <laughs> i have separated or dislocated both of my shoulders 
seven times on each. Oh god. Oh my god, dude! I I dislocated my shoulder this year for the first time, and it sucked. And I have not yeah. done it seven times. So I've yeah, never done. I haven't dislocated seven times. I've subluxed like I've only dislocated fully once, but I've subluxed like fourteen times at yeah. all. I've torn like, torn my supraspinatus in both shoulders a couple times, which is. But, like, I've never dislocated my shoulders. Those sucked. Like, I did a switch five in New Zealand and just kind of dragged my arm just a little bit, and it just tore. And then I, like, missed. I didn't miss that much because it wasn't a full tear, but it hurt a lot for, like, a few days. Yeah, I tore this shoulder from my dislocation. It's, like, right here. Does it ever pop out, or? Um, I've just been doing a lot of band exercises, which pretty much reverse anything that you do if you do enough of them. So, like... When I did it, I didn't think I would be doing push-ups, like, as normally as I ever was. Yeah. But, like, I'm back doing push-ups normally. Like, I can do pull-ups. I can do handstands again. Like, how did you, this. did you How did you do that? Like, what injury? Was that skiing related as well? Yeah, I was actually hitting an urban rail. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I'll do it. Like, all season. And we were looking for this spot. My friend just go, yo, I know a six kink with an elbow. And I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> That's their first mistake. Oh, Jesus Yeah, Christ. dude, I... Yeah. That was my mistake right there. And, like, first hit, I, like, just caught on the paint because I didn't scrape it off on the kink. That was your second mistake. Yeah, I made two mistakes. And I caught on the kink, like, switch-nutted kind of, like, under my thigh, and then just, like, flipped onto, like, my shoulder and, like, cartwheeled over my arm like that. Yeah, that sucks. I had one like that. We were trying to hit an urban rail in Perry Sound, actually. And it wasn't, like, a super gnarly one, but I tried to write two onto it, and I didn't have enough speed. So I literally did a right 180 to my sack. Yeah, that's a good one. And there's a video of me just, like, hopping around like this, holding my balls. I'm like, I had I had a bruised, like, somehow my balls didn't hit, but, like, my gooch hit, like, just my gooch. Because you're going and, backwards, right? It's when you're moving And I was, like, up. and I'm, like, just short enough that my skis are, like, four inches from touching the ground. So, like, gooch was bruised for, like, a week, and I couldn't sit down. Outside of that, I was like, that was I was pretty run. good, but yeah, dude, it's sick. We're almost at an hour, so I'll, we'll wrap this oh, up. Because I got it right there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like the world's worst two on too. I just like didn't even come close. I just like fully wanted to do my. It looks like you were trying to switch fifty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was not the best skier at that point in time, but yes. Yeah. So when you've had a lot of upper body injuries. Is that mostly from like? I don't know. I, I've oh. never tip caught. I've had a lot more lower body injuries from. No, overseas. I've only tip caught that one time. Yeah. Everything else has been like rails, like all the shoulders, rails, like oh, yeah. all of my concussions on rails. Like, yeah, rails are deadly. I've had a couple on jumps. I've had a lot of concussions. That is a fact. That's, I don't know yeah. how many, but a lot. Yeah, like, like I said about mine with ramps, that was one of my worst ones. But I used to hit my head and just not tell anyone because I'm like, hey, I'll just sit oh, around yeah. for three days. I'll be okay. I've done this. Dude, I've that. never got got diagnosed for concussions, but I've had at least like eight for I've, sure. I've been diagnosed Like maybe not three. super gnarly ones, but like eight, eight where you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything for the next day. I've gotten to the point where I can diagnose myself because I'm like, I know yeah. this feeling. Yeah, yeah. same here. <laughs> when you like hit your your mouth gets like numb or like yep, yeah. your, mouth, your teeth get numb like yeah. oh dude it's there was worst. this one time at Sunday River in Maine that I did a, I was trying a cork nine it was at a USASA comp when I was like 16 or 17 and the course was awful like off like you go one like one notch too fast and you're landing on the next jump's landing <laughs> and I tried a cork nine like third run 
and just like over rotated it end, and then like it was pretty much like a ten to three roll on like I did a core ten, but like the top of my head, and I hit my head so hard I was like not speaking English, and I like go down to the skip draw. I was like head, it hurts, and he's like, oh, that trick, it like it looked good until it didn't, and then he like skied away, and I was like. Dude, right. I can't even speak English right now. Thanks for that yeah. one. Yeah, I, I've hit, like I said, that one where I, I remember seeing everything in, like, blue and green tint and, like, the hearing. Yeah. That was a bad one. I had another one where I had not skiing related. I had a wall fall on my head. Uh, that one, I was like, that was probably my worst one. Like, oh, in terms of, no. like, symptoms lasting long, like, I couldn't read anything or focus on anything for a few months. Like, that one was it, bad. But it's most, crazy the symptoms affect you long term. Like, yeah. Like, light sensitivity is the only one that still affects me like driving at night like my head will start hurting really yeah i had a friend yeah. i don't know if you know you probably know ethan harrison you know oh yeah, yeah yeah he's hit his head so many times he has to wear glasses oh man like he's had a lot like i've been skiing with that kid since i was in like grade eight and he's had yeah. a lot of head injuries i had a lot but those two were bad like usually it's not that bad you know like you get a little bit of numb teeth and you're shaking up and you drive to just chill for the day but it's not yeah. bad enough where you're Absolutely getting demoed. Yeah. Oh, concussions are scary. They don't are. Take them kids. Don't you know, take them with. Yeah, absolutely. No, and as a kid, you're always like, dude, like, it's just a concussion. I'm fine. Well, that's how it was for so long, man. Like, hockey yeah. in like the 50s, no one had a helmet on. They're just like, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, exactly. All right. We got to switch Don't stop concussions. They stop uh, skull fractures. Yeah. It's like, oh. Sorry, I just had to grab a quick charger here because the phone was a. Uh, she was going downhill, but we're we're good. We're back in business, dude. It's a uh, yeah. It, concussions are definitely like one of those things that's like you gotta be careful with. And like you watch some people ski. Like I mean, I get the whole urban side of it where you don't want to wear. Uh, yeah, bring that up to the top. Where you don't want to wear a helmet when you're when you're riding urban because of like style and everything. But man, yeah. it's it's important. Like it really is. <laughs> Especially yeah. in urban. Like, I'll never hit an urban rail with no helmet on. Yeah. Come on. Dude. And like I said, I... Yeah, that's one thing. Like, style to not wear a helmet? Absolutely not wear a helmet. But like, when you're hitting it's urban concrete and there's like, stairs. Con- I was going to say, concrete stairs on one side or a 10-foot drop to a paved driveway on the other? No, you wear a helmet. Like, yeah, wear a helmet. <laughs> but, like, that's what I was saying. I, I wouldn't tell people, not because I didn't think it was serious, but more because then everybody gets freaked out. And, like, you, you actually... The way, like, what they'll tell you to do in terms of, like, sitting around doing nothing for the amount of time, like, you pretty, if it's not really bad, like, you take two or three days, you just limit your screen time and your thinking, and then you start to ease back into it, you're usually okay, unless it's a really bad one. Yeah. Because it's like any injury, it needs a little bit of rehab time, then you got to re-strengthen it again. So if you sit around and don't do anything for, like, six months, that's not helping your case either, because you're, yeah, not, no. you're not strengthening anything back. Yeah, your brain is a muscle that needs to be worked out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So they say. I've yet to test that theory, but... That's just you, Bruce. Come yeah. on, man. This is, a, this is my mental workout here, trying to put myself through a podcast. Hell yeah. What to say, huh? It's nice because I have a podcast host now that so I can, when shit dies like my phone, I can run upstairs and grab a charger and the conversation still gets going. All right, guys, we're going to end this podcast off with my beautiful face. November is coming in and uh, this might be the first real stash I've had in like my entire life 22 years old and yeah finally finally starting to grow something here so i'm pretty stoked on that but uh the podcast got ended about five minutes short just because of audio issues 
Uh, if you guys heard earlier, like the volume jump from different, well, the podcast mic to the camera mic, just because the mic somehow gets like a little bit disconnected, I think, from uh, from the computer, and then it gets really staticky and fuzzy, and that's what happened for the last five minutes. But basically, I literally asked BG what his favorite place to ski was. He said Mammoth because the weather and all the just general skiing you can do at Mammoth. And we agreed with him on that. Mammoth is a pretty sick place to ski. And uh, then the cameras died and everything. So we wrapped up the podcast uh, shortly after that. So you guys didn't miss much. If you guys like this podcast, please, by all means, give me a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Helps me out. I mean, screw Patty. Helps me out. But um, yeah, also subscribe on YouTube and uh, write a review if you're feeling up to it wherever you listen to the podcast. Cheers, guys. And I'll catch you on, catch you on the next episode. Deuces. Kid is out. Out. I am out. I'm out of the studio. Yes.